Coming up on this episode of Sales Training World, what are we going to do to control, command, and then convert your very next sales conversation? Handling those conversations so much better in new and exciting ways. Also, listener questions from Tanya in Grand Rapids asking about referral-based business problems. Devin from Philly a client has gone dark, so we're going to offer Devin some help. And Greg from Minneapolis asking about the sales call roadmap, having some trouble with follow-up. So great conversations and your listener questions all coming up next. From the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Sales Training World broadcast with your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. Ryan is an Emmy winner, a certified business coach, and a 25-year sales and marketing veteran. He has trained over 4,000 sales professionals in seven countries, and he still sells today. No fluff, no bull. Tactical and practical sales and business advice to help your business go places you never thought possible. Welcome to Sales Training World. Now, your sales coach, your business coach, your host, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends, you have found it. This is the Sales Training World podcast for all of us that actively sell out there on the street every single day. This is not a podcast for sales wimps. If you're a sales wimp, you have found the wrong podcast. This is for sales superstars. <laughs> Those of us out there in sales land that are actively working and selling out on the street every single day. What can we do to be bigger, badder, better? What can we do for to stand out from all the other sales reps that are out there fighting for those same dollars? So, somebody said to me the other day, Ryan, you know, with sales automation, I think things are going to be easier out there in sales land. I, I doubt it. I just don't think that's true. I think that what we need to do is revise our skills, revamp our skills, get bigger, badder, and better with what we do every single day. I, I say to people all the time, I feel like the less I sell, the more I sell. Does that make sense? Like if, you, if you're constantly in sales mode, it's irritating to people. People are looking for great conversations, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Here's, here's a simple fact of the matter. I hope you agree with this statement. Most people don't mind buying. Most people just hate being sold. Does that make sense? It wasn't that long ago I read in Sales and Marketing Management uh, magazine that 80-some percent of buyers would rather go to the dentist <laughs> than talk to a salesperson. The dentist? Are you kidding me? If you listen to this podcast a lot, you've heard me say that before. The dentist? I mean, that's just crazy land. So we've got to figure out what can we do to have better conversations with our clients. So here's what I'd love to talk with you about. I'd like to talk with you today about the three C's of conversation, controlling the conversation, commanding the conversation, and converting the conversation. The three C's, controlling, commanding, and converting that conversation. In essence, controlling the conversation to command the conversation to convert that conversation to a sale. I don't honestly know that there's a way to kind of fast track that. Um, you can always tell when someone's trying to rush through a conversation, like they're trying to get to their pitch. And what I found is that it's not that there's no such thing as a pitch anymore. I think sales trainers and gurus out there that teach that, that's silly. What I find is that a lot of people do, we have to pitch our products and services. We just need to put it in a different type of envelope. We need to put it in a different type of package with a different type of type of bow. We've got to be careful for asking those trite, age-old, overused questions like, tell me about your business. And we're better than that. So here's what I'd really love for you to consider as we talk about commanding, 
controlling and converting that conversation. First and foremost, conversations are just that. It's a conversation. It's not a lecture. It's not a presentation. It's a conversation. It's an eloquent dance. It's a, it's a back and forth. If you ever happen to be on, on ESPN late at night, um, for whatever reason, I tend to come across these shows. It's either, it's kind of weird sports, you know, like um, axe throwing as a sport. Eh, pretty cool, but, you know, kind of, kind of different. Ballroom dancing as a sport. I came across that uh, the other night. No, I'm not knocking it as a sport. Let me tell you something. If you saw me in person, you'd be like, yeah, man, you could use a little physical fitness too. Couldn't we all? <laughs> but what I noticed is it's an eloquent dance. If you were to take two people that were leading, they would be all over each other's feet. It's an eloquent partnership. It's a give and take. It's a back and forth. It's, it's smooth. I'm always amazed when I sit and audit sales calls that the vast majority of the time, the salesperson is the one that's talking the vast majority of the time, greater than 80%. Friends, that's not a conversation. That's a presentation. Now, yeah, of course, we're going to have to weave our pitch into the conversation, but how do we do it? I think one of the first things for us to understand is what the use of silence really does to a conversation. Silence. Pregnant pauses, if you will. What I found is that salespeople, they hate silence. In general, we just, it's like our ears begin to ring whenever something goes silent. Like in the room, if the TV goes silent, our ears ring. <laughs> when we're having a conversation with somebody, if there's a pause, if there's dead air, dead air, that's an old radio term. And when the music stops and the DJ is not ready, dead air. All of a sudden, people get nervous, like, oh, did something happen? Did I lose my internet connection? Hello? Hello there. Are you there? <laughs> the use of silence is amazing in a sales conversation. It aids in retention. If you are a salesperson, if you've got a product that requires you to really focus in on data, facts, stats, things like that, you want to make sure that you're injecting long enough pauses in the conversation to allow the person that's listening to retain the information, to process and retain the information. Also, if you listen to really great speakers, people like Tony Robbins and people like that, what they do is they use energy and they use excitement and then they use silence and pauses to aid in someone really understanding. Sometimes what I'll tell people is when you're giving something that's noteworthy, if you're saying something that's noteworthy, what you want to do is give somebody time to write that down. Be observant. Use silence to aid in retention of the things you're saying, especially if what you're sharing is something moderately complex. A lot of you that um, listen to this podcast, you're in the software business, and when you're doing a demo, given some type of demonstration of a product or service, you've always got to be checking for retention by asking things like, does that make sense? Um, does it fit your needs? Do you think this would work? But then also let people have a chance to absorb what it is that you're saying. I was listening to a guy the other day, uh, give me his name is Sean, giving me a demo, really cool piece of software. And he was really great at this. He would share something and then he would pause. And I started calculating what he was doing. He was pausing for five seconds. There you go. That's five seconds. Seems like forever, doesn't it? It was only five seconds. But what I realized is that I was actually listening. When he paused, it brought me back to the conversation. It allowed me to really absorb the information he was sharing. So it might be something that you do. You just count to three or four or five on your fingers or tap your foot. 
But I also think it leads us, though, to something that I learned about way back in high school. Way back in high school, I had a drama coach, and his name was Bill Myatt. And Bill Myatt was one of the best drama you know, coaches that was around in our area and really in the region and in the country. And one of the things he taught us was also to use the whisper. What does the whisper really mean? What the whisper means is that in a conversation, once you've got somebody pretty jacked and excited about what you're talking about, then change your tone. Bring it down to a whisper. What it does is it forces people to listen. When you combine a whisper with a pause, it really forces people to pay attention. Some of you right now listening to the podcast as you're working out or something, you're like, what'd you say? What was that? I couldn't listen. Too much noise around. Really understanding whispering and understanding silence and how it's used. Uh, let me give you a perfect example. It wasn't but just two weeks ago, I'm sitting in a meeting with a big advertising agency. I looked around the room and noticed that a lot of people were on their phone. It wasn't because I wasn't engaging. It wasn't because of the conversation being bad. It was because of people being busy. I needed them to pay attention to something that was on the screen. So I began to whisper as it relates to that. And what I noticed is that all of them immediately set down their phones immediately and started paying attention to what it was that I was sharing. I realized that by using the whisper, I could control the conversation and command the conversation. But then I also realized that I had to have a good cadence. That's the third thing. The first is using silence. The second is understanding how to whisper. The third is understanding how to use cadence. What is cadence? Cadence is like a metronome in the background. If you always stay at the same cadence, over time that gets to be a little boring, gets to be a little overused, gets to be a little mundane. I learned about cadence back in the day when I was in the marching band. Anybody else in the marching band? You learn to left, 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 right, left. You, you learn to play music off of a beat that you set with your feet following a drum major. I noticed that a lot, a lot of salespeople don't understand cadence. You've got one tempo. That tempo is 90 miles an hour. And be damned if you're going to stop me from that 90 mile an hour tempo. Well, you've got to be real careful about that because in great symphonies and great pieces of music, there's a conductor for a reason. That conductor has a mission. The mission is to guide the musicians, to speed up the music, to slow down the music, to raise the volume of the music, to lower the volume of the music, to create crescendos and day crescendos. It's important for us to understand we're sort of like a conductor as you think about your sales meeting. You've probably run across somebody in your life that's very monotone as they talk. They don't really change the tone very, very much. If you were to add a metronome in the background, they'd sound fairly robotic. Those type of people, the problem with that is you lull people to sleep with that. You've got to think about your conversations with your clients as you're the conductor of this conversation. What are you going to do to keep it interesting? What are you going to do to create highs? What are you going to do to create lows? What are you going to do to create conversations that you can control so you can command that conversation so that in the end, you can convert that conversation? Well, what you're going to do is you're going to understand as we're talking today about using silence to aid in retention. You're going to talk about using whispers to be able to bring people back to that conversation. You understand that you need to speed up your cadence and slow down your cadence. Sometimes your cadence needs to match the person that you're with. Let me give you an example. Sometimes I'm in a, in a meeting with a client 
and they're really a fast talker, and I can tell they're keeping up, well, then I'm not going to slow them down. That's just going to make them angry. I'm going to match their pace, or I'm going to exceed their pace to try to drive that conversation forward. You know, it leads me, though, to an interesting thought, and that is for everybody listening today to really understand, if you're going to command and control a conversation to convert that conversation, what can you do or say besides your tone, your inflection, your volume, your cadence, your pacing? One of the best things that I ever learned was how to tell a good story. When you can tell a good story, people will really pay attention. I noticed in that same meeting where people were looking at their phones, when I whispered, they paid attention. But I also noticed every single time I told a story, they paid attention. Why is that? Well, because experts tell us that 70-some percent of people will remember a story. Less than 2% of people will remember a fact or a data point or a statistic. So if we're we're able to say that way more than 70% of people like a story, why would we not weave success stories of our clients into everything that we do? Now, as a matter of practice, I do this all the time. When I'm getting on the phone with a potential client for one of the products or services that I'm selling beyond training services. Now, keep in mind, I'm still actively selling on the street today. Software product services, event sponsorships, things like that. I'm always constantly talking about my clients that love us, problems that we've solved, businesses that we've saved. And those stories always resonate with people, and I always refer back to those stories. Remember, a good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. A good story has comedy. If you're funny, be funny. Good stories have a cadence. Good stories have ups and downs. Good stories always have a positive ending. It's really important. If you get to the end of your story and or your joke or whatever, and you have to say, well, I guess you had to be there. Okay, well, that means it was a bad story. Okay, kind of crappy story <laughs> or a bad joke. Remember, beginning and middle and end of stories. Remember using stories in the conversation. If you're going to control the conversation, to command the conversation, to convert the conversation, you're really going to have to focus in on understanding silence, cadence, whispering, and understanding how to tell a good story. Look it up online, Google it, or go to YouTube and look at storytelling secrets. They're going to tell you that every great story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's got a good cadence and almost always ends with something really great happening. The last but not least in this, in this three C's, control, command, convert, is understanding last but definitely not least you need to control the next steps. Every conversation that I have, I try to end by me, Ryan Dorn, sales guy, controlling the next steps. What I notice is a lot of times, salespeople will relinquish the next steps to their client. Well, you know, Ryan, I don't want to be pushy. I'm not suggesting that you be pushy. I'm just suggesting that you understand the 48-hour sales window. The 48-hour sales follow-up window mimics what I've learned by being involved in watching so many people in law enforcement over the years. A law officer will tell you, an investigator will tell you, you have 48 hours to find a suspect. If you don't find a suspect, the chances of you catching or solving that crime drop dramatically. Thus, the basis for the TV show, The First 48. You've got 48 hours. I wondered when I thought about this, does this apply to sales? And it does. 
If you can't set a follow-up call within the next 48 hours with your customer, the chances of you closing that sale drop dramatically. Check it out. Try it. Friends, I don't ever share anything with you that I don't currently do myself. I recognize the 48-hour magic sales window for follow-up. I've got 48 hours. I need to grab my phone and say, great, I know you want to think about this. Awesome. I'd like to set a time right now to follow up with you. And if your answer is yes, great. If your answer is, I need more time, not a problem. If your answer is, I need more data, no problem. If your answer is no, I'm going to respect your no, and I'm not going to try to sell you further. What? Did Ryan Dorn from Sales Training World just say, it's okay if a customer says no? Yep, that's me. I'm the weirdo out there. I'm teaching it. See if you follow me on this. If you've done a great job in the sales process, you've answered their questions, you've identified their needs, you've matched your solutions, and in the end, their answer is no. If you try to sell them further and you become a typical salesperson, are they going to respect you or in the future, are they going to ignore you? The the answer is in the future, they're going to ignore you because you've gone from a conversationalist, a consultant, you've become a normal salesperson. There's nothing wrong with being in sales. I love the sales business. I live it. I love it. I love it every single day of my life. But friends, I recognize That if I fall into typical salesperson mode, then that's what I become, a typical salesperson. I don't want to be typical. I want to be extraordinary. I want to be a superstar of sales. And that's why I focus so, so specifically on understanding how to control conversations. I control the next steps by letting them, giving them permission. If their answer is no, I'm going to respect that no. I might ask a couple of follow-up questions, but I'm definitely not going to go into desperation sales mode when they say no to me. All right, let's walk through this. Control, command, and convert. If you want to sell better than anybody else in the business, it's all based on having an amazing conversation with your potential client. Number one, understand the use of silence to control, command, and convert. Number two, understand what whispering can do to the equation. Number three, understand the use of cadence. You need to speed up. You need to slow down. If you stay at one speed, people tend to fall asleep. Number four, understand conversations are always better if you can interject success stories, clients that you've been successful with, problems that you've solved, you know, things like that. And then the last but not least, number five of control, command, and convert really is controlling the next steps. You need to be in control and you need to set a follow-up within 48 hours. If you don't, your chances of closing that deal, quite honestly, they, they really drop dramatically. Friends, if you can control, command, and convert conversations, guess what? You're going to go from good to great. If you're great, you're going to go from great to extraterrestrial. You're going to be out of this world when it comes to sales. Remember something. There's no silver bullet in the sales business. It's hard freaking work. But can you be better? The answer is yes, absolutely you can. Remember, friends, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, (laughs) which is possible, or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, we're going to be back in 30 seconds. We've got uh, questions coming back from Tanya in Grand Rapids. Good question on um, her business is based on referral. She's struggling a little bit there. Devin from Philly, a client has gone dark. They were interested. Now what? I've got an answer for you, Devin. And then Greg from Minneapolis. Cold up there in Minneapolis right now, Greg. 
Greg was intrigued by the sales call roadmap, having some trouble with follow-up. So we'll come back in 30 seconds. If you be so kind, stick around, stay close. We'll pay a few bills. Be back in 30 seconds with more here on the Sales Training World Podcast. The Sales Training World Podcast is brought to you in part by Openlook Business Solutions. Openlook offers affordable outsourcing solutions like data cleanup, telemarketing, customer service follow-up, and so much more. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. Are you looking to grow as a sales manager or VP of sales? Emmy Award-winning sales coach Ryan Dorn just recorded five hours of sales management training. It's available to you online now on demand. Go to salestrainingworld.com and click the videos tab for more information. Over 1,000 sales managers agree. This is the best management training online. Go to salestrainingworld.com and click the videos tab for more information. All right, back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks, friends. Thanks for letting me pay a few uh, bills there and promote a little bit. Appreciate that. All right, three listener questions. Tanya, Devin, Greg. Tanya from Michigan and Devin from PA and Greg from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, got some great questions coming in. Hey, you got a question for me? You want to get them answered? We should probably get, I don't know, a couple hundred questions a month. I try to reply to most of them if I can. If you make it on air like Tanya, Devin, and Greg, we're going to send you a Sales Training World t-shirt. And if you share that uh, picture of you in that T-shirt online, some have been known to receive $1,000 in cash. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to send you 1000 Maybe 100 bucks or something like that. So wear it loud and proud. Would you, Tanya, Devin, and Greg? Cash. Cash is king, right? All right, Tanya from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm, I'm really struggling because my business is based on referrals. Unfortunately, as of late, it seems like a lot of the referrals are drying up. What should I do? Any help, Ryan, is appreciated. Tanya, good question. And, and one of the things for me that I like to share with folks, when you're in the sales business and your business is based on referrals, you need to do one of two things. Number one, create a referral program. Okay, and we'll talk about that in a second. And the other is make sure you're always asking for referrals. Now, I know that sounds pretty basic, Tanya, but overall, I notice a lot of sales reps only ask for referrals if they earn business from a customer. So let's just say that I'm in the telecom business. I'm selling high-speed internet uh, to a business in Chicago, uh, like my friend Clay. And let's just say that that business owner says, yes, I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy. Then you ask for a referral because they're happy. I ask for referrals regardless. If someone says no to me, I still ask for a referral. If someone says yes, I ask for a referral. So I ask for referrals regardless if somebody says yes or no. Now, people think I'm crazy. And quite honestly, I am a little wacky sometimes, but when someone says no to you, why would they give you a referral? Well, there's a couple reasons why. One, they might just want to uh, get you out of their office. <laughs> That's possible or off the phone. The other is because maybe the, the product or service, whatever you're pitching, maybe it's not a good fit for them, but it might be a good fit for somebody else. So why not? I mean, what do you got to lose? I ask for a referral, whether I win the business or I don't win the business. All right, Tanya, the second piece of this, most sales reps don't have a great referral program. You, you really rely upon your company to create a referral program. So I'm here to tell you, you might be waiting a really long time. They may never create that. So what does a good referral program look like? There's a thousand ways that you can, you can shape this. So if somebody refers business, maybe if your company agrees um, to that referral fee, you would give them credit off of their next bill for whatever the circumstance is. I know people that will give a Visa gift card, like a $250 Visa gift card to anybody that refers business that actually turns into business. I've got a friend 
that's here that's a member at a pretty exclusive uh, country club uh, here in our area. And if you refer business to him and it turns into to business, um, then he's willing to take you for a round of golf at a pretty darn uh, exclusive uh, country club here in our area. So I think that there's you know a bunch of different things that you can do, but you need some type of referral program. Also recognize if you want people to take your referral program, Tanya, seriously, it needs to be something pretty cool. It can't be something small. Like if you refer business to me, I'll give you 25 bucks, you know, or I'll give you a dinner at Applebee's, you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with Applebee's, but it's just not enough to move the needle for me. I need something pretty darn cool. Recently, a guy said to me, Hey Ryan, if you refer uh, business to me and it comes through, uh, I would love to give you a round of golf at the river club. And the River Club here, I live in the Augusta, Georgia area. The River Club has got like water on 16 of 18 holes. Um, it's going to cost me 40, 50 bucks, you know, to go if I paid to play there. It's a nice course. And what this guy is selling is not terribly expensive. So that was pretty good. And I've gotten five or six rounds of golf off of him. And I thought that was, you know, kind of neat. Uh, so remember, always ask for referrals, Tanya, and create a referral program uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, if your referral program can, can residually pay someone for months, that's an amazing program. Like if someone gives me business and every time they this person renews, I get paid again, I'm going to be your advocate. So there could be something to be said uh, there. So Tanya from Grand Rapids, um, uh, good luck to all your football teams this next season, uh, whether you're a big blue fan or a Spartans fan. But I hope that helps, uh, Tanya, in your quest to be the best. Good question. Uh, Devin from Philadelphia, PA from Philly. Good question here, uh, Devin. A client of mine has gone dark. They were super interested and then nothing. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts on how to re-engage uh, with this customer? You know, one of the things that's interesting, it could be a bit of your sales process too, Devin. So you may want to be asking yourself or, or thinking to yourself, you know, as the sales process goes, is my sales, am I controlling the follow-up? in my sales process. I mean, did they go dark because of a specific reason? Did they go dark because of price? Um, I just was coaching with, a, with somebody here not even 30 minutes ago before recording the podcast. Great sales, uh, great sales rep. And we identified that because they were hiding the price to the end until they gave someone a proposal, that was the problem. Once they switched it and started talking about price up front, they eliminated um, this whole gotcha at the end where people went dark. So it could be in how you're presenting. It could be in the formatting of the proposal. You might be not giving enough, enough options, or maybe you're giving too many options. Remember, typically three options is best. Unlimited options causes people to become a little paralyzed. So you might want to think about that. Also, re-engaging with customers is not, quote unquote, catching up with them. Oh my gosh. Stop! Stop the madness. Stop sending emails with a subject line catching up. We're not talking about wasting my time. Hey, Ryan, just emailing you to catch up with you. You know, come on, guys. We're better than that. I like to re-engage with people in non-sales ways. So as an example, Devin, say you're one of my clients. You've gone dark. Every day almost, I go over to Inc.com, I-N-C, not the I-N-K. That's a good website, too. <laughs> Inc.com, and I find business articles on motivation and sales and marketing. And what I might do is reach out to you and say, hey, Devin, came across a great article uh, on sales and thought I would share it with you. Have a great day. I'll reach out to people in non-sales ways to stay on their radar. So somebody's going to email me inevitably and say, well, Ryan, if you don't say catching up, you know, what do you do? What I'm always doing is looking to share. Those that share care. 
Okay. And I know that sounds cliche-ish, but those that share care, I'm not always looking to sell to somebody. I'm looking to educate them, inform them, inspire them. And so because of that, most people will take my calls because I'm not in sales mode all the time. So you might try reaching out in some non-sales ways as well. Now, what you don't want to do, Devin, is negotiate against yourself. So don't reach out to somebody and say, I haven't heard from you. Is it the price? I can bring the price down. It, it may not be anything like that. A lot of times, the subject line will just be update. And it would say, hi, Devin, um, you were really excited about that proposal. Any update on this is appreciated. Something as simple um, as that. Re-engaging them in a non-sales way, but just don't say catching up. Any update is appreciated. Now, last resort. I've got a subject line, have you fired me? Subject line is, have you fired me? Email would say, hi, Devin, have you fired me? Question mark. I thought things were going great and you were really excited. And I'm wondering if you fired me and maybe I missed an email or something like that. Any update on your situation is greatly appreciated. More than likely, you're going to get an email or a phone call that's something like, hey, Ryan, all's good. I was busy. I was out on maternity leave. I was on vacation out of the country. Um, I meant to call you back or whatever the circumstance is. So get creative, but don't get crazy creative, Devin. I think clients going dark can be either be a part of your sales process that's off or re-engage them in non-sales ways. I think that would be uh, helpful. Good question, Devin. You know what? I think we could do a whole podcast uh, on that topic, Devin. So I'll be sure to give you full credit for that. So thanks, Devin from Philly. we got a t-shirt coming your way. Okay. Last but not least, I, you know, it's hard to pick these questions because we get so many of them. Uh, Greg from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, Ryan, I was intrigued by your sales call roadmap. I love it. Cool, Greg. I use it. Even better, Greg. It works. Even better, Greg. <laughs> but I'm struggling to control the follow-up. They always want to call me back. Any help is appreciated. Okay, so I've got my sales call roadmap right here. I've got my six steps. If you didn't download that, go to the back to the podcast page and download the sales call roadmap. Last step in that sales call roadmap is controlling the follow-up. Now, Greg, we talked about it at the beginning of this podcast, but what I always do when someone says, I need to think about it, I'm not going to try to trick them into making a decision that day. They're not going to be tricked. I say, great. Is there anything else you need from me right now? Is there anything your boss needs? Is there another decision maker in the mix? Do you need a PowerPoint? Uh, do you need cookies? Do you need music? I mean, what do you, do you need cash? No, I'm kidding. What, what do you need? Um, as you look to make this decision and to evaluate things, what is it that you need? They say, no, I'm good. And I'll say, okay, great. Let's set a time to follow up Thursday at four, five minute phone call. Your yes is yes. Awesome. If you need more time, no problem. If your answer is no, I'm going to respect your no. And I'm not going to try to sell you further. I want to want to be respectful of your time and try that three times. Try three different ways to get that on your calendar. If they won't set a follow up call with you, you've got to ask yourself, oh, man, do I actually have a live one on the line here or is somebody just basically being polite to me? I'd rather somebody say yes, but if someone's going to say no, that's cool. I'll sell to them at some point in time. So no's don't necessarily, you know, bother me. Now, what if they say to you, no, Ryan, I love the idea, but I want to call you back. I'm not going to be ter terribly resistant to that. But what I'm probably going to say is something like this. You know, Bob, um, you're going to get busy. I'm going to get busy. And, and what I'm going to have to do is send you like 5,000 emails and leave you 10,000 voicemails. And 
I'm going to have to be that typical salesperson that's going to stalk you, hound you down, just be kind of funny about it. If we could just get a time on our calendar, it will save us both a tremendous amount of time. And so, Greg, I just try to really not be forceful, but I try to be very firm with it and use sort of some compelling arguments like that to really make sure you get them, you know, on the calendar. And I think you'll have uh, some good success with that. So good questions from Tanya, from Devin and Greg. Uh, I love answering your listener questions. So feel free to send those in to me, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Again, that's Ryan at RyanDorn.com. My last name is spelled D-O-H-R-N. All right, friends. Well, that's our podcast uh, for this month. I sure appreciate you stopping by. We've got another one coming up right after this, all about six new business development tips. So make sure you stick around for that. And hey, I know some of you are planning your sales conferences, like your national sales meeting, or you're getting all your salespeople together. And hey, I would love to come in and motivate your team to success. We've got 40 topics that I speak on, 40 topics, everything from sales motivation to writing proposals to email secrets to time management tips for success. Love to come in and either workshop with you for the whole day or be a keynote at your sales conference. So reach out to me, ryan at ryandorn.com. You can find us over at salestrainingworld.com. Or you can uh, check out uh, me as a speaker over at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. All right, friends, don't forget if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So worry that they're wacky kind of crazy people, which is possible. Or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends, we'll see you on the next episode of the Sales Training World podcast. Get out there and sell something. God bless you. We'll see you out on the street. Stick around. More Sales Training World advice coming up next on the next podcast.